Hey, big shout out to everybody in the lobby. Hey, you may give somebody a high five as you are seated. <laughs> What's up, 1115? Man, you guys are rowdy today. Hey, lobby, how's everybody doing back there? Come on. Yeah, lobby, come on. Give it up for the lobby people back there. We see you. Man, you got, I love 1115. 1115, you guys are awesome. It's a great service. Hey, um, who's excited about the summer? It's Memorial Day weekend. I decided to sneak in a sports coat before the summer really started hitting us. Got in the car this morning, and my son's like, Dad, are we going to a funeral today? What's going on? Like, I, this is what I get for in a suit jacket. Man, I'm so excited to be here with you all. It's been an amazing morning. God's doing so many great things in the life of our church. And you heard that we have an exciting week that's coming up this week. We got first Wednesday on Wednesday. And listen, we're doing something we've never done before. So you got to come. You got to be a part of it. It's really exciting. If you can't be in person, you can watch it online. But man, it's, it's, there's nothing like being in person. And then like you heard, we have our men's breakfast on Saturday. We're all the men in the room. Give me a hoo-hoo. Come on, men. Yeah, men. That's strong. Men's breakfast is this Saturday. We're actually going to transform this room, and this is where we're going to do men's breakfast at. And so if you haven't registered, you can go to chapelrva.com backslash events, and you can go right there and register. But we're excited for that, man. Next week, actually, Pastor Brandon will be back in the house. He's not with us today, our lead pastor, but he'll be here, and we're going to be doing a series on relationships next week. And so we're going to start um, on June 5th. It's going to be a few-week series. And how many know that we need to get better at doing relationships? Come on, right? So we're going to get... A biblical view of that, Pastor Brandon's always bringing the word. In fact, I just want to honor our pastor today. I know he's not here, but man, I'll tell you, this series has been so refreshing that we've been in. Amen? Hasn't it been? You're talking about the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, but I've felt refreshed, and I was just reminded, you know, I've been here about seven years underneath uh, Pastor Brandon's just leadership, his preaching, his teaching. He's a man that preaches from the word of God. He's, he's one that lives from the word of God. And I'll tell you, in the last seven years I've been here, I feel like I've grown more in the last seven years spiritually than I have in maybe 15 or 16 years that I've been pastoring. And so he's right now in Thrive City Church in Syracuse. It's a church that we've been a part of helping to launch and plant. So Pastor Brandon, Katie, and their kids are there. But come on, can we just honor our pastor right now? We love you. So appreciate you. So today I get to conclude an amazing series on the Holy Spirit, and it's been such a rejuvenating one. We've been looking at, okay, who is this person in the Trinity, the Holy Spirit? So what I want to do is I want to dive right into the book of Acts. So if you have your Bible, you can turn to Acts chapter 2. You can grab teaching notes on the YouVersion app if you want to do that. But I want to start with these. The truth is that there can be a lot of confusion on the topic of the Holy Spirit. In fact, there's commentaries, there's podcasts, there's churches, there's so many streaming platforms. We have so much information accessible to us. But still, the Holy Spirit or the topic of the Holy Spirit or the person of the Holy Spirit can be confusing. And there's a lot of misconceptions about God and the church. And the truth is this, is that people can keep from going deeper into the things of God because of some of the misconceptions that are out there. And at times, people can keep the Holy Spirit at an arm's length because they don't really understand it. And so this series has been so great in helping us get a better understanding of who God is, who Jesus is, who the Holy Spirit is. And so you can listen back. Um, online, and you can see all the, the series that we've been in. But today's theme verse is actually comes from a place in Scripture where people are making fun of Christianity and making fun of God because they didn't understand it. So I want to set it up this way. You kind of know the story of the New Testament, maybe the gospel, right? Jesus comes to earth. He pays for his sins on the cross, for our sins on the cross, and then he gets resurrected a bit later, right? And he spends 40 days in his glorified body 
popping through walls and giving his disciples instructions. It's actually kind of cool when you're reading the book of Acts, what he's doing. And then he says to his disciples after that time period, he says, I want you to go and I want you to wait because I'm about to send you a gift. And the Holy Spirit was then poured out in a demonstrative way. And for some, it was actually poured out in a very strange way. In fact, here it is in Acts 2, the crowd, it says, they were amazed and perplexed. In fact, a lot of people who think, they think about Christianity or maybe they don't understand God and the church and Christianity, sometimes they are amazed and perplexed and they ask sometimes the question, what does this mean? And some, however, even took it to another degree and they made fun of them and they said, they've had too much wine. And so then Peter stood up with the 11. He raised his voice and he addressed the crowd. He said, fellow Jews and all who live in Jerusalem, he said this to them, let me explain this to you. And this is what we've been doing over the last five weeks. We've been explaining who the Holy Spirit is and his role. He says, listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk as you suppose. I love what he says here. It's only nine in the morning, right? He's like, these people are not drunk as you suppose. He says, no, this is that. It's not that. He says, it's actually this, which was spoken by the prophet Joel. So what Peter is doing is he is quoting a, a scripture passage that actually a lot of people that were looking on knew about. It was from a prophetic book in the Old Testament in the book of Joel. And here's what it says. It says that in the last days, the Lord would pull out, pour out his spirit on all people. And it says your sons and daughters would prophesy. Your old men would dream dreams. Your young men would see visions. And so this is what he's talking about. How many are so thankful and know that the Lord is still pouring out his presence right now? He's still pouring out his spirit. It's available to us every single day. Every single day. We have access to it. And this is something that these people had actually been waiting for. But when it came, here's what they did. They rejected it. They pushed it away. They made fun of it because they didn't understand it. You know, the truth is you will always criticize or stay away from things that you don't understand and today I want to bring clarity to a series that we've spent the last several weeks on helping us capture and understand the essence of the Holy Spirit. And here's what I want to do as we get started, if it's okay with everybody, because this has been a really just, just refreshing, joy-filled series. I want to invite the Holy Spirit in the room right now. Can we do that? You know, he's always, God is omnipresent, it says, but he loves to be invited in. So can we do that right now? Let's pray together. In the lobby, online, in the room, we're going to pray. Holy Spirit, Lord, we're so thankful for the great gift that we have in Jesus and the gift that was given to us, who is the Holy Spirit. And in this moment right now, we invite Holy Spirit, come in this room right now. Come into our lives, come into our relationships, our families, Lord, into our conversations. In this moment, come into our heart, into our mind, any of the distractions or the things that are keep us away from you right now, Father, we ask that you would take precedence in this room right now, Jesus. We love you, we invite you. We ask that you would speak through me to us today. In the strong name of Jesus, everyone says, Amen. Amen. So what I want to do is I want to start off with a few quick reminders of the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about who he is today. And I want to start with this is some things we've already talked about, but it's the truth is this is he is not an it. He's a he. Okay. And it's important that we recognize and grasp this because he's not just some force. All right. In fact, the translators had some issues translating the word Holy Spirit in the Bible because there wasn't really a great perfect name for that's why you get some words like ghost. Like one translation says Holy Ghost. Another translation obviously says Holy Spirit. But it's important that we remind ourselves that he is actually a person because if we see him as a cosmic force, we're actually going to relate to him a little differently. But if you see him as a person, you're going to relate to him personally. This is really huge as we start this conversation of who the Holy Spirit is. We refresh our mind into who he is. He's not a force. The Bible actually translates 
that the Holy Spirit, the word for it, you know, Pastor Brandon mentioned this, right? He said in the Hebrew, it was the word roach. And then he said in, in um, the Greek language, it's the word pneuma. And here's really what it means. Here's what the person, the Holy Spirit really means. It's a current of air, a blast of breath, or a strong breeze. Really, it's wind in your sails, right? How many can use a strong breeze of the presence of God right now in your life? Amen? Man, there's so much more that he has for us. There's so much more that God has for us. So he is not in it. He's in him. Here's the next thing. I think this is really profound. You ready? He's not weird. Come on. I know this is deep teaching right now, but this is truth right here. Listen, God's not weird. We're weird. All right? People are weird. Listen, turn to your neighbor and say, try not to be too weird today. Come on. Tell them that right now. The truth is, God's not weird. I can be a little weird sometimes. You can be a little weird sometimes. Listen, I observe you sometimes walking through the hall. I see you. I'm a little people watcher sometimes. We all got some weirdness in us. He's not weird. And you know, the truth is, is you, you can't let how people act keep you from how you respond to God. You just can't. And some of us are making decisions based on, we aren't making decisions based on God or the Bible, but we're actually making decisions on how people act. And the truth is, is no one rejects the power of God. They just at times don't like the packaging, right? How it was packaged. And we can't throw away everything because people have packaged it differently. You know, I think it's so important that we hear this today, that the Holy Spirit, man, he is a, he is a person of order, not a person of chaos. He's someone that is so close to us. He's in this room. He's moving. And today what I want to do is I want to talk about who the Holy Spirit is. In fact, I want to look at what Jesus says about the Holy Spirit. So that's what we're going to look at today. We're going to look at what Jesus is speaking. Here's the first thing that Jesus says about the Holy Spirit. He says, he is my inner voice. That's what he is. He's my inner voice. And if you don't keep him at an arm's distance, he'll begin to speak to you and reveal things to you that are so important. In fact, these scriptures we're going to look at are all before Jesus was crucified. It's in John 14, 15, and 16. So these are all Jesus' words. And here's one of the first things he says. He says, when the Holy Spirit comes, when he comes... He's going to convict the world of guilt in regards to sin and righteousness and judgment. So the Holy Spirit is going to do something really special and unique, right? He's going to come into your life as you invite more and more of him, and he's going to speak to you. He's going to say, hey, listen, don't, don't, don't do that, right? Don't, don't go down that road. Don't have that conversation. You begin to hear this inner voice that is speaking to you, and I'll tell you this right now, that he comes in and he comes to convict us. Here's the reason why he comes to convict us, because the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy and he does that through the avenue of sin. And the Holy Spirit, the inner voice in our life, actually redirects us away from sin so that we can live in the fullness and in the purpose of what God has for us. How many believe that I know that? And listen, there's this fine line. I want to expose something right now. There's this fine line between conviction and condemnation. You know, condemnation is not from the Lord. It's directly from the devil. It's directly from the enemy. Here, I'll give you an example of it. Anytime you're feeling shamed or guilt, that is not from the Lord. That is directly from the enemy. I'll give you an example of it. In the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve are in the garden and they have sinned, this is the first time we see sin on the scene. What do they do? They hide themselves. They're experiencing shame. The Lord's looking for them. We were never intended to carry guilt and shame. And I want to free anybody in this room right now that is walking around with guilt and shame right now in this moment because you were never intended to carry guilt and shame. Listen, the condemnation says this. It's a fine line. Condemnation says you've screwed up and you're a bum. You're a failure, right? Conviction says you've screwed up, but here's the way out. Like this is really important for us to grasp that the inner voice, the Holy Spirit speaking to us, 
He's a God that reveals things to us because he wants to redirect us. And if we get caught up in this cycle of condemnation and sin, here's what happens. You, you experience sin in your life. You do things you're not supposed to do. And then you experience condemnation, this guilt, this shame. And then what happens is it actually pushes you into a cycle of sinning again and feeling condemnation again. But what conviction does, the inner voice of the Holy Spirit, is he comes alongside you and he says, listen, this is not for you. You're not to do this. He begins to speak to you and he convicts you tenderly and he draws you away because he knows that there's fullness in the Lord. In fact, I love how it is said here in 1 Corinthians, no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So really what this means is the inner voice really of the Holy Spirit speaking to us is even the decisions that you make to follow Jesus, even at the times that maybe you've responded to a salvation call on a Sunday morning, that's not even primarily you making that decision. It's actually the Holy Spirit working through you. So, you know, you're going to hear some things today that I'm not even speaking to you. That's the inner voice of the Holy Spirit. You may be in a worship setting, like one we had today that was so powerful, right? And the Holy Spirit is actually beginning to speak to you. This is the inner voice of the Holy Spirit. He speaks to you. He begins to knock on the door of your heart. He begins to lead you, and you begin to respond to that inner voice. And when you do that, you recognize that conviction and condemnation are two very different things. Jesus says, not only is he my inner voice, he also says, the Holy Spirit is my teacher. And what does that mean? It means you can read the Bible and get revelation without going to Bible college. Come on. Like you can. Like that's not a prerequisite for you to hear or be taught, right? You don't have to go to Bible college. You don't have to go to seminary. You need to be open to this element, this aspect, this attribute of the Holy Spirit, which is that he is going to be a teacher. In fact, what that means is, is you can read the word of God and you can have these aha moments, right? I call it illumination. It's when you read the word of God over and over again, and it's like, even though you've read the same passage maybe two, three, or four, or even a hundred times, what the Holy Spirit does as a teacher is he comes in, and he's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna highlight to you something right now in what you're reading that's actually going to give you clarity and revelation as to what you should be doing in your life through this passage. That's what the Holy Spirit does. In fact, it says it right here in John 14, but the counselor... The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, here's what he's going to do. He's going to teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. I love this because we live in a world with a lot of uncertainty. We live in a, in a world where there's a lot of questions that maybe are not getting answered. He says, I'm going to give you my Holy Spirit, and he's going to teach you all things. And then I love this piece right here that Jesus said. He says, he's going to remind you of everything that I have spoken to you. This is what the Holy Spirit does. He reminds us of the words of Jesus himself. He's a counselor that's with us. In fact, 1 John says it like this. He says, but you have received the Holy Spirit and he lives within you. So you don't need anyone to teach you what is true for the Spirit teaches you everything that you need to know. Not only is he our inner voice and he's our teacher. I mean, isn't that amazing that your Bible can actually come alive when you read it? Like it's the living word of God for a reason. Here's what makes it the living word of God, the Holy Spirit. It's the, it's the breath of God. Think about that, right? The Holy Spirit is a blast of breath. What is the word of God? It's the spoken, like God spoke the word into existence. It's not just a book that was written by man. It's a book that was written by God and God breathed air into it. And that same air that's been breathed into the Bible that you open up, that you even have access to on your phone right now is a living word. How many understand this and believe this today? It's a living, alive word. And it pierces our hearts. And that piercing comes directly from the teaching of the Holy Spirit. So not only is he our inner voice, not only is he our teacher, here's what else Jesus says about him. 
Jesus says, he is my guide. You know, I think this is so good because a lot of you are at crossroads of decisions in your life. You know, even as we're ending a school year, some people are graduating. I know we got some students home. We got any students home in this room right now? Come on, from college. I know kids are coming back. I know people are trying to make decisions about the future. I know graduating high school, like you're at these crossroads. Maybe you're in the room right now and, and you're trying to figure out like what's the next step for you even in the workforce, your employment or for your family, whatever it may be. Here's what you have to know about the Holy Spirit. Not only is he an inner voice and a teacher, but man, he's a guide and he's gonna guide us into all truth. In fact, John 16 says it like this. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. I love this. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. Man, this is so powerful. You see, we have access to this guide, to the Holy Spirit that's gonna direct us, almost like boundaries. He's gonna direct us. He's gonna make sure that we stay on course. And I was talking to Bridget about a story that I remember when we were like, when we had first just gotten married, we wanted to visit her um, grandfather in a nursing home years ago. And we were living in New York and uh, we decided to take this trip. It was way up in the state of New York and we had to drive a distance. And so I did what you did back then and I printed out MapQuest directions. Come on, where are my MapQuest people in the room? That's right. This is before you had Waze or any kind of navigation app on your phone, right? You printed out directions and that's what you used, okay? A lot of you who are probably under 30, you're like, what are you talking about? What's MapQuest? You're like looking it up right now. That was what we used. And so I remember getting in the car, we started on the trip, and I did what maybe a lot of you have done. When you hit print on the printer, it's not like you downloaded it somewhere. You have to go get it from the printer, and I forgot to grab it from the printer. And so I got in the car, and we start driving, and I'm like, you know what, we'll figure it out. You know, I'm newly married, and I'm like, you know, I'm gonna let her know that I know how to take the lead, and you know, I'm like, I got you. I know New York. I'm like, we're gonna take 87, and, and I'm just gonna look for like this, the town name, and when I see the town name, I'm gonna get off this exit, you know? And so she falls asleep, and we're driving, and it's taking a long time to get there, you know? And I'm like, man, I didn't know it took this long, but I said, you know what? I'm gonna keep my eyes peeled and make sure I haven't missed anything yet. And all of a sudden, I start seeing these signs 47 miles to Montreal. And I'm like, am I in Canada right now? Like, how did I get in Canada? And man, I, we started, I started panicking. I woke her up. We stopped at a gas station, got in one of these things that maybe you don't know about to call the map, you know, and you open it up and it like takes over your whole dashboard and for the state of New York. And, and finally we got to our final destination, but how many know it took me a lot longer when I tried to guide myself, man, how many know that's true? Listen, when you try to do things apart from the Holy Spirit, you know, he'll let you because the Holy Spirit's a gentleman. He's, he's not gonna force his way through, you know? He's gonna let you. And when you don't invite him in, it may take you a little longer to accomplish the things that God has set in your life to accomplish. I want you to hear this today. This is very important. In fact, I just wanna take a second and just pause and talk about the sovereignty of God because I think a lot of times it can get a little skewed. In Proverbs 19, I love this verse. It says, many are the plans in a man's heart but it's God's purposes that will prevail. So what that means is, is all of us in this room, we have so many different plans of what the future is gonna look like, of maybe even what we're gonna do tomorrow or what we're gonna do next year or where we're gonna move or what job we're gonna have, what school we're gonna, we have all these plans, but here's the truth. It's God's purposes that will prevail in your life. And so when you invite the Holy Spirit into the process, he begins to guide you, he begins to direct you, and you actually can get to the purposes of God much quicker. But when you don't invite him in, it could take you a lot longer. 
So when you partner with the Holy Spirit, you partner with this God. In fact, I love how it says this in Isaiah. It says, whether you turn to the right or to the left, this is what it looks like when you partner with the Holy Spirit as God. Your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. And this is what it looks like when we partner with the Holy Spirit. He begins to speak to us tenderly. He begins to give us direction. He's a God that's never going to leave us, forsake us. He's not going to leave us high and dry. He's going to give us direction. But we have to ask him. We have to say, Holy Spirit, I want more of you. How many want more of the Holy Spirit right now? Come on. Holy Spirit, I want more of you. I want more of you. And he loves when we ask for more and more of him. And so Jesus says he's not just an inner voice. He's not just a teacher. He's not just a guy. But here's the last thing right here. He is my friend. Man, and I love this because he's not just my friend. Let me tell you, he's a great friend. He's like a best friend to me. Like I talk to him a lot. You know, I think about it, I talk to him a lot and I ask him a lot of questions. And I don't know about you, sometimes the, the most isolating times of my life is when I'm driving in a car, you know. And I'll have some of the most amazing conversations with the Lord. And I'll talk to him like he's sitting right next to me. I know it's weird. Sometimes I'll even reference like he's sitting next. I know it's, I know that could be strange, but sometimes I'll even reference because it reminds me that although I may not be able to see him with my physical eyes, his presence is near. You know, James says that those who draw near to the Lord, the Lord draws near to them. And this is what happens when you begin to say, Holy Spirit, I want more of you. Holy Spirit, I want you to be a friend to me. He's willing and waiting to be a friend. And I want you to know it's so refreshing to hear that because a lot of times we have this picture of of an angry God, of a God who's frustrated with us. And again, I want you to understand, if you have that picture in your mind, that is because there has been this manipulation of conviction. And really what it is, is you're living under condemnation. Now listen, in no way, in no way do we justify sin. This is why Jesus came. He came so that we could be broken from the slavery that we had into sin. So we don't justify that, but conviction comes in and it begins to redirect you. And when you have a friendship relationship with the Holy Spirit, you begin to see it in this way. You begin to see it in this way. You know, in fact, you may be in this room right now and you may be sitting here and you may be like, man, I haven't really spent time with the Holy Spirit. I haven't really opened up my Bible in a long time. Maybe I haven't prayed. In fact, you may be sitting in this room or watching online. You're like, really, the only times that I engage with the Lord the only times that I receive from him is, is when I'm sitting in this room. I don't want you to hear this today. That's okay. It's okay. Because he always picks up right where he left off with you. He's that kind of friend. You know, in this moment, here's what condemnation would say to you. Condemnation would say to you. If you are somebody who hasn't really opened up your Bible in a while or haven't really spent time with the Lord, or you're feeling a little guilty about it. Here's what condemnation says. Condemnation says... Really, you haven't done that? You haven't opened up your word? How could you even be in church today? You know, how could you even lead your family? How could you even call yourself a Christian? But here's what conviction says. Conviction says, I'm ready when you are. And, you know, I think, I, think, I think we need to really let that sit on us for a second. Because, you know, you could really be bound by guilt and shame because of a to-do list that you're not achieving when the Holy Spirit is waiting patiently. And he's saying, I'm ready when you are. And I want you to hear that today. He's ready when you are. He's patient with us. He's loving. He's kind. He keeps no record of wrongs. He's for us. And his friendship is a real tangible thing. You know, I had a birthday last week and, and I had a buddy call me that I haven't talked to in years. A really good friend of mine, like from a decade ago. And man, when we picked up the phone, it was like, it was like, 
we never missed a beat. You know, this is what it's like in your relationship with the Holy Spirit. You don't have to return back to him with your head bowed low and, and I'm sorry and that I haven't been. No, you know what? He, he waits like the father waiting for the son to arrive, right? He waits with arms. He's seeking your return right now. I want you to hear this. He's literally, the Holy Spirit as a friend is waiting patiently for your return. And he desires it so much. In fact, I love the scripture right here. John 14 says, and I will ask the father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. In fact, this word counselor in Greek is, is the word parakletos. And it actually means he's sending somebody to actually walk alongside of you, like to be with you. Like an analogy would be like, I pick up one end of the log, right? The Holy Spirit as a friend, he picks up the other end of the log. Like he does things with me. We work together. We partner with him and everything for us that may be difficult, may possibly be difficult because we've chose to do it on our own apart from the partner and the counselor and the helper that the Holy Spirit is to us. In fact, I love how one benediction goes. Paul says in Corinthians, he says this as he's closing the book out. He says, the amazing grace of the master Jesus Christ. Let me just stop there. How many know that we can't do anything without the grace of Jesus Christ in our lives, right? Like this is number one most important thing for us. We can't do nothing without it. And then he says, and the extravagant love of God. But I want you to see this. Sometimes here's what people do is they put a dot on that comma and they leave it right there. But it continues on. Not only is there amazing grace of the master, Jesus Christ, and the extravagant love of the Father, but there is the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit. He says to them to be with you all. Listen, we all need a relationship with Jesus and what he did for us on the cross. It's so important for us to know because you can't go to heaven without that. We need a relationship with God the Father. But guess what? Listen, those two are in heaven. Like, let me just drop some theology on you just real quick, okay? When Jesus ascended to heaven, he's still there. He's going to return one day. How many are thankful that we have a blessed hope in Jesus that one day every knee will bow, one day every tongue will confess. That's why we sing all hail King Jesus today. And what a glorious day that's going to be. But listen, it says that God the Father is seated on the throne. And then it says that Jesus is seated at the right hand of God. Here's what Jesus is doing. He's praying for you. He's interceding for you. He says, I know about this in your life. I know about that in your life. But you know what I'm doing? I'm petitioning to the Father on your behalf. So they're two, they're in heaven. But here's, guess who's here on earth with us? The Holy Spirit. This is the gift that God had given to us. So how could we not have this relationship with the Holy Spirit? In fact, Ephesians says it like this. It says, don't grieve God. Don't break his heart. His Holy Spirit moving and breathing in you is, listen to this, the most intimate part of your life. Making you fit for himself. Don't take such a gift for granted. The most intimate part of your life is a gift that has been given to each and every single one of you. It's made available in this moment right now and every single day. So how do we not take this gift, this personal Holy Spirit for granted? I want to show you three simple ways as we close today of prayers to pray because I really believe that it is connected complete to our openness to the Lord. And so here are the three prayers that I think are so vital for us to pray. Here's the first one and it's this. We got to pray the prayer, Holy Spirit, show me. Come on, say it with me. Holy Spirit, show me. Show me, reveal yourself to me. Honestly, reveal me to me. That's when we pray. Show me revelations. And I pray this all the time. Holy Spirit, show me. Give me wisdom. Show me what to do. Show me where to go. Show me what I need. What am I missing? Show me things that I might not be seeing. In fact, when you pray, Holy Spirit, show me, it's as if you're saying, hey, I'm going to take the blinders off of my life right now, and I'm going to say, 
Expose the things that need to be exposed in my life. Show me the things that I need to see. In fact, Ezekiel says it like this. It says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I'll remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Pretty much what he's saying right here is that there's going to be this shift. Once there was an external God on the outside, but now it's moving to an internal God on the inside. Does anybody hear me of what's taking place right now? The day and the age that we're living in, there, there was a time in the Old Testament where the presence of God was, was really not confined, but it, like, it lived in the Ark of the Covenant. And it was in the tabernacle, or it was a cloud that would cover a mountain. And people could see it from a distance. Maybe some of the most holiest people could interact with it. But when Jesus came and he died on the cross and he gave us this great gift that is the Holy Spirit, how many know and understand that now the presence of God, the person of God, the Holy Spirit himself lives inside of us? I mean, this is an amazing thing that we have access to every single day. So we pray this prayer, Holy Spirit, show me. In fact, I love to pray what it says in Psalms 139 like this. I pray, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. This is an amazing prayer to pray because really what it does, is it says, God, I'm gonna expose myself to you. Now, here's the truth. You're already exposed to God. He already knows every single thing about you. He knows every mistake you've ever made. He, made, he knows every success you've ever made. He even knows the things that you're gonna do before you do those things because he's, he's an all-knowing, all-powerful God. But let me tell you, He's a God that loves when we come to him and we pray this prayer because you know what he does? He begins to reveal things to us when we pray this way. He begins to show us some things that need to be shown to us. And he begins to tell you things that need to be shifted in your life, maybe things that need to be changed. He begins to push on areas of your life. He begins to show you and reveal to you things that he says, hey, here's some things that we need to look at together. Here's some new things I'm doing in your life. Here are some old things that actually need to be excavated and taken out of your life. But the only way that we can actually have access to the Holy Spirit as an inner voice, as a teacher, as a guide, right, as a friend, is by asking, Holy Spirit, show me. You know, I also think it's important for us to know another prayer that we pray is, Holy Spirit, change me. Come on, say it with me. Holy Spirit, change me. You know, when we actually say that out loud, we're inviting the creator of the universe to come in and begin to rearrange us to come in and begin to change us. And now that you've asked him to show you things, he's starting to actually look at those things with you. And I think it's important for us to say, Holy Spirit, change me, because it's incredibly important, listen, that we don't stay where we are. Listen, it's easy to stay where we are and say, hey, I'm a Christian. I got everything I need. Maybe I've come to faith. Maybe I'm new in faith. But here's the thing. There's so much more. How many know there's so much more that God has for us? So much more of his presence, so much more of his revelation, so much more of himself that he wants to give to us. And he's so gentle about it because he wants to give us more and more. This is why we talk about growth track all the time or we talk about small group leader training, right? Or we talk about jumping in on teams and serving together. We're not trying to keep people busy. It's not about activity. It's about us moving one step in our faith and saying, I'm here and I'm recognizing that the Holy Spirit's bringing change into my life and I'm ready and willing to grow. I'm ready and I'm willing to grow. Because it's not just about how you got in, right? It's about how you're growing in your faith. It's about how you're progressing. In fact, it says in the word of God, right, that we go from glory to glory to glory. We're never gonna be the same. We're made in his image. In fact, 2 Corinthians says it like this. 
It says, for the Lord is the spirit, and wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is what? There's freedom, right? So more of the spirit of God in your life equates to more freedom in your life. And it says this, and the Lord who is the spirit makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. The more and more that we become like Jesus, listen, the more and more you get set free. And every single day, you have the ability and the access to live in freedom. Every day, every day, you can live free from addiction. You can live free from the things that you wrestle with or struggle with. You can live free from maybe the ways that you've thought about yourself or the ways that you feel other people thought about you. Whatever it is, you can live free from the, from the grip of sin. You can live free from all these things. And it's not about white knuckling. It's not about trying harder and harder and harder. Not about doing better and better. It's not about saying the right things. Here's what it's about. It's about getting yourself in a place where the spirit of the Lord is because where the spirit of the Lord is, there is what? There is freedom. And this is what happens when we say, Holy Spirit, change me. So we pray, Holy Spirit, show me. We pray, Holy Spirit, change me. But here's the last thing, and I think it's so important. We pray, Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit, fill me. In other words, Holy Spirit, give me everything that you have. Man, I want it all. I want everything you have. This is an important prayer because he has so much more for you. Man, there's so much more. Even in this room right now, I just sense the Lord just saying, and there's so much more that he has for your life. The enemy wants to keep you on the surface level. He wants to keep you even in the shallow level because he doesn't want you to go deeper into the things that God has for you because the more you go deeper into the things that God has for you, the more that you're asking for the Holy Spirit to be a part of your life, the more that he sets you free and the more you begin to walk in all the things that God has for you. But here's what happens. Sometimes because we don't pray this prayer, we're pretty much saying to the Lord, you know what? I can do it on my own. And I can do it by my own ability, my own might. In fact, I think one of the greatest, one of the, one of the not greatest, but one of the worst things that ever happened to humanity since the fall of man is self-sufficiency. Like we believe, hey, we can do it. What do I really need God for? Until we really do need God, right? We kind of live sometimes in this place of, I'll ask the Holy Spirit to come when I need the Holy Spirit to come. In fact, in Ephesians, it says it this way. Paul says, don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, he says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Pretty much what this is saying is, don't follow your senses and do whatever you feel like doing. Instead, it says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be asking the Holy Spirit to lead you. You need something else working on the inside of you. You cannot lead your own life. Listen, you cannot lead your own life. I know the world may tell you that, but the truth is, is all of us in this room need Jesus. How many know right now that you need Jesus every single day of your life, amen? Every single day, you have access to him. Every single day, he wants to give you more and more and more. And there's a lie out there that you can do this all on your own. And I'm here to tell you right now that you cannot do this all on your own. And when you try to do it all on your own, you begin to follow your own senses. You know, Galatians 5 says, don't gratify the sinful natures of the flesh. Pretty much what it's saying there is walk in step with the Spirit. You see, when you feed the Spirit, when you ask, Holy Spirit, show me, Holy Spirit, change me, Holy Spirit, you know, fill me, you're pretty much feeding the Spirit. But you see, when you don't pray those things and you do things on your own and, and you hide certain aspects of your life and, and you do things the way that you want, what you're doing is you're feeding your flesh. And those two things can't exist with each other. So the more that we pray, Holy Spirit, fill me, the more that he fills you. You know, you may be saying in this moment, like, well, why do we have to ask the Holy Spirit to fill me if I've already been filled with the Holy Spirit on the day of salvation? Well, I want to show you this right here. In Acts 13, it says, and the disciples were continually filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. 
There's this continual infilling, this continual outpouring that the Lord does. And I love how these two are matched together. And I really want to highlight this today because joy and the Holy Spirit go together. The more you ask for more of him, the more joy you begin to experience in your life because the more you let go of everything you're holding on to. And in the room right now, I feel like there's a lot of things we're holding on to and we're trying to do on our own apart from the Holy Spirit. And he gently is in the room with us right now and he's saying, listen, I want to be your inner voice. He's saying, I want to be your teacher. I want to be your guide. I want to be your friend. And all that's required of us is that we would ask the Holy Spirit to come. So what I want to do today is maybe just close a little differently than we do. Would you stand with me? Just all across the room. This has been an incredible series that we've been in together as a church for six weeks, talking about the person, the Holy Spirit. And the thing that I love that we read today, that even if you have forgotten all that we've talked about, right, what does the teacher do? He's going to bring back in remembrance all the things that have been spoken to you. In fact, he's going to bring back in remembrance, remembrance all the things that Jesus has actually said. But here's what I want to do in this moment, just as we close before the band comes and we respond and worship today. Would you, just, would you just lift your hands like this? We're going to ask the Holy Spirit right now to fill us. Maybe you close your eyes and we're just going to talk to the Holy Spirit together. You're not, you're not going to just listen to me pray. We're going, to, we're going to do this collectively together, okay? So let's do that. Come on. Let's just pray, Holy Spirit, come and fill us. We want more of you. Come on, let's pray that right now. In your own way, this is just about you. It's not about the person next to you, not about your family. It's just about you. Say, Holy Spirit, I want more of you because it's really that simple. It's us saying, Holy Spirit, I want more of you. I can't do this on my own without you. Holy Spirit, show me. Holy Spirit, begin to change me. Holy Spirit, begin to fill me right now. In this moment, I believe the Holy Spirit is beginning to fill people in this room in a way like they've never been filled before. So Holy Spirit, we just ask that you would have your way, that you would come in. The truth is, Holy Spirit, you are not weird, Father. We can be weird at times. So Holy Spirit, you have your way. You do what you do best. Fill us up because we need you. We need you as our inner voice right now. We need you as our teacher. We need you as our guide. We need to be reminded that, Lord, you are a friend that we can have an intimate friendship with. So Lord, right now in this room, we pray, Holy Spirit, fill me. Come on, just pray that prayer. Say, Holy Spirit, I want more of you. That's really what it is. It's just saying, I want more of you. You can do this in this room. You can do this in the car. You can do this as you get home tonight. You just pray the prayer. Holy Spirit, we want more and more of you. So God, you move right now in this room. Holy Spirit, we can't do it without you. We take a breath right now, a deep breath of your fresh air, of your fresh wind right now, Jesus.